0: Welcome to A Spoonful of Podcast, where we dive into the magic of Disney destinations, searching for a great big beautiful tomorrow. Broadcasting from the backside of water.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 119 of A Spoonful of Podcast. I am your host, Evan Dickens, here with my co-host, Brian Galloway. Brian, how are you doing today, sir?
0: I am good, Evan. Uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays to you at Spoony Nation. And I uh, hope everybody had a, have, has had a great holiday and is continuing to have a great holiday as the holiday season continues. Um, but this is my favorite time of year.
1: Yeah, you know, this is a weird week. You know, we kind of talked about it in one of our group chats earlier today about this week in between Christmas and New Year. Like, um, nobody's doing too much. Uh, even like at our jobs, you know, we may be trying to work hard and not everyone around us is is working of the same, uh, you know, exuberance as we are because the New Year is upon us. And I think a lot of people are just kind of floating by, you know, things are a little, a little bit more quiet. Some people Businesses are still closed. Of course, the schools are out and all that kind of stuff. And um, you came up with a great idea as we're in this in-between week uh, after Christmas and before New Year's to kind of reflect on 2023. And, you know, as we go into resolutions to be made and stuff like that and we think about the um, our personal resolutions, we also want to think about what we would like to see Disney do in 2023. So what a great idea. To see some of our, as you called them, our New Year's resolutions for the Disney parks, and I think that's a great topic because there's several things I know that we both want to see.
0: Oh, there are, and there, you know, I think we're we're openly I don't want to say critical because we're enthusiastically um, we're enthusiastic in our approach to try to be to provide constructive criticism to um, to Disney, you know, about hey, you know, guys. We love you we we love you know obviously we're we love disney but sometimes there's some things that need to be changed and sometimes they have to listen to the right people and this these are the kind of things that hopefully every once in a while they are listening and they want to they want to know that you know what people care because i think we speak for a decent percentage of people i think between evan and myself folks we're members of a lot of different groups other groups and we hear what people say you know it's um it's not just Spoonie Nation. We know a lot of other groups. We know a lot of other people, and we hear we hear the talk. So I think we're good um, vocalists for this, and, and we could say. But I, I want to. I do want to say before we start. Evan, there's a couple things real quick. Um, yeah. A, a resolution is when a person res- resolves to continue good practices, change an undesired trait or behavior, accomplish a personal goal, or otherwise improve their behavior at the beginning of the calendar year. So. We're not exactly doing it like a, a personal uh, New Year's resolution, but it's kind of um, you know a resolution for, that, that we'd like Disney to do for all of us. Now, I also could tell you that the top New Year's resolutions for the population of, you know, this is a, a poll from the United States, um, it's exercise more, lose weight, get organized, learn a new skill or hobby. Live life to the fullest, save money or spend less money. quit smoking, and spend more time with family and friends. So, I don't think all of those really impact or or fall into the category that we're gonna go into right now, But I did want you to know that those are the things that people do normally talk about, and I think spend more time with family and friends. that's probably a something that you know that could be actually morphed into what Disney does. Live life to the fullest learn a new skill, get organized. Um, those kind of things save money or spend less money. All those things are on our plate for a lot of us in most in most years. And I think as a customer or a fan of Disney, um, we wanna be able to spend less money and still have fun. We wanna have a great time. We wanna we want to be organizing what we do. We wanna be able to spend time with our family. We want to, We wanna spend more time with our family, but if things cost too much, we can't do that. All those little things fall into place. So maybe it's not a one for one with a common normal New Year's resolution, but I think we're kind of falling into that category. And so I think people can pick up from there.
1: Now, those are great points. And I think we should spend more time sometimes reflecting on what we are going to talk about in the way you just did. So as you were talking, something came to mind, which is the word stewardship, um, which, you know, stewardship is, is I looked up a little blurb about what being a steward of something or be, or stewardship means. It is an ethical value that embodies the responsible planning and management of resources. So that is like, you know, if someone is a good steward of their money, they they conduct or supervise or manage their money well. Same thing with uh, being a steward of your property or a steward of your family. Yes. Um, yes. It's, just, it's just a great, um, uh, you know, ethical practice to, to apply to yourself or your business or something like that. So as you were talking and I was reflecting on, you know, what the resolution and, and how, you know, organization and the management of resources, stewardship, I think that all fits into how you're going to resolve yourself or, or how a business resolves its, its outlook on the next year. Not just, you know, the profit and loss statement, not just, not just vision casting, but the the actual planning to execute a vision, you know, so we we think of vision casting and a lot of times we throw stuff out there as things we would possibly like to get done. But I think that it's more of planning something and executing it. Right. And so that's what I I did with um. we're, we're kind of doing a, a top five each. So five things each, maybe top 10 total ideas where we want to uh, see Disney parks go as a whole in 2023. So I've broke my five got my five into different categories of stewardship as you've been talking so you inspired me to 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 further label no, my that's, uh,
0: that's kind of how I'm doing it so yeah so why don't you go first i'm really curious to hear what she's out to say so go, let's let's hear it go ahead okay
1: so i've like i said and we'll go we'll just go one and one back and forth like we normally do but i've i, I just quickly categorized these into steward of blank so in order for Disney to be a good steward of the parks, I think we need to see a completion of Epcot. Now, this is on the books for 2023, quote unquote, to complete the um, World Celebration section, which, as we know, we can revisit World Showcase we're all familiar with, and they try to stick with the theme, which I applaud. I'm I'm a sucker for a good theme and a consistency in a theme. So as you walk into the park uh, at, the, at the front where Spaceship Earth is, or the ball, um, you're going into world celebration. That's where you're gonna have the statue of Walt. That's where you're gonna have an amphitheater where concerts are gonna be held. That's gonna be like the main hub of what used to be future world. And then you're gonna have world nature, which is where the land is. And that's also where Moana journey of water is and world discovery is gonna be the other side, which is where guardians is. So you'll have world celebration, world nature, world discovery and world showcase. So I'm really looking for a completion, um, of world celebration, which is supposed to already, I mean, it's, it's scheduled to be completed late 2023, but I really would like to see that completed next year. I think Epcot is in this really interesting spot. I think people, my wife included, and maybe other people are losing interest in the park. Um, I, it's still my favorite park and I still see it for what it is, but I think people need to start seeing it for what it's going to be. And I think you know, the black walls up are can only do so much for so long until people start to lose interest in it. And I'm feeling as if Epcot is in this sort of a rut of a spot where Hollywood Studios was after Osborne Lights closed, but before Batu or Toy Story Land was open. Hollywood Studios was a very much a half day park. Um, I don't think Epcot is even right now, but I think Hollywood Studios was, and it lost a lot of interest. People thought there's not much there right now. Osborne Lights closed. You got this closing. And then you had Great Movie Ride kind of closed for a while before Mickey and Minnie's opened. So you didn't have a lot to offer from Hollywood Studios. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way about Epcot. So I think in order to be, to be a good steward of their parks that are already in existence, finishing up Epcot, I think would help that vision come into play of that the wholeness or the completion of the four parks there's really outside of epcot there's not a lot of major construction or renovation happening in each of the four parks it's really epcot right now and if that is finished yes we'll have splash closing but that's just one ride i'm talking about a major area so once that is done and that's over with we can kind of step into that new what epcot's going to be and i think it's going to renew some excitement for people
0: so I think they left a the lot hanging in Epcot. There's too much to get done. It's a construction zone right now. There's too much construction going on. It, it's it's impeded your walking experience, too, because you have to go all over the place. All the beauty that we saw in that one section of Epcot is not there now. Now it's going to be great. Yep. I have a really good feeling it's going to be, but it's taken too long. Yep. And I don't know what they're doing over in the Horizons area and all that stuff yet because – I Know that's going to happen, but I think that's going to be put on hold. I have not seen anything going on over there, yeah. Um, I really want to see that. I want to see, you know, I, I don't know, but I agree with you. Epcot is our favorite park. Both of us feel the same way. I know my family feels that way, but yeah. if we don't start seeing some changes, it's not my favorite park to go see billboards and construction and fences all over the place. I don't like that, yeah. It's 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 kind of annoying, and it's also annoying to walk because you. The major thoroughfare there is all, is all impeded right now. So yeah, I need that fixed. I do. That's a, that's a very, very good um, number one there.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. It's um and I'm not even, you know, of course, like, like I said, there's going to be rides, there's going to be restaurants, there's going to be entertainment, stuff like that that gets, you know, reimagined. there's going to be rides that shut down. And I mean, I get all that, but you know, you're talking about a major area and you're right. Your walking experience is a hundred percent, Impeded. You know, when we were there uh, a couple weekends ago and at Epcot, we had a, just, you know, sometimes these logistical nightmares happen <laughs> where we had a lightning lane for, um, we had a virtual queue for guardians. And then I had an individual lightning lane for guardians. And then I had just a regular Genie Plus for Soren. And, you know, before this all happened, you know, you could just, you could stand at the land and look straight across and pretty much see Epcot, you know. You could just walk right through the middle. I mean, sorry, Epcot, Uh, Test Track is, duh. You'd stand at the land and look right at Test Track. You could see that area, right? But now you have to go all the way either, you know, like you're going to World Showcase or go around to Spaceship Earth to get to that area. So we had to walk from Guardians to Soarin' back to Guardians. And it just was, you know, I mean, way away right? But still, it, it is, it's something that it, it does impede the inspir- experience, right? So, yeah, definitely. So that's one that I think is um, is a top one for me
0: yeah I, I well it, it falls right into mine so my mine is actually a little bit broader but it has very similar aspects to it mine is stop leaving unfinished projects and I mm. think that is something that's happening in in all Disney parks and it's not just world, Walt Disney world it's Disneyland yeah. has the same problem right now there are things that get started and they don't get finished Tron took way too long the, the the railroad was shut for so long. Now it's goes back. Hey, yeah. but it's been shut. It's unforgivable to be shut. You know, to have one of Walt Disney's favorite things to be shut for so long. Um, that's that's a problem. Animal Kingdom. There's a lot of things there that are being rebuilt, and they're just sitting around. Um, why haven't we done anything yet about some of those things? Um, Hollywood Studios. There's still a lot of things that need to be be finished. There's a lot of unfinished projects all over the place. We have to get those taken care of. Um, we can, you know, I don't. That kind of stuff never happened before. I've never seen a situation where there's been so much construction going on. Usually, only one park gets has a lot of construction. There's something going on almost in every park all the time right now. That means that either it's planned properly, imp, uh, improperly, and maybe they're not. Their project management isn't very good, or they're just just they don't have enough people to do it or just or they're just waiting I don't know but stop leaving unfinished projects you know good example fix the yeti please why don't we have it why haven't we fixed the yeti in Everest yet that's been going on for the longest time they always say oh we're gonna do it we're gonna do it haven't done it yet um, those kind of things even and I'll tell you um, but two. There are a lot, and again, I just found this out recently. there are a lot of unfinished things in Batu that they just never did mm-hmm. they, they were they were they were constructed, and there were things not added. so let's get those things done um in Pandora. Pandora has a lot of cool things, but there was more there there was more planned for that, but it was put on hold. Well, get yeah. it back. let's start doing that. Those are the kind of things I want to see i want I know the Imagineers have things planned, and they have things they want to get done. Let's give them the ability to do that now, because I really think the investment they give is going to is going to get pe- more people to the parks. And we have a lot of competition coming up and we've talked about that. So I want to stop leaving the unfinished projects kind of falls into what you said about Epcot. Even to the point of, hey, let's get the stupid Yeti fix finally, please. Um, so that was my that was my first one.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's great. So. Uh- I just did a, a quick little search here and, um, the railroad was closed for almost 1500 days. That's about four years, a little over four years, Unforgivable.
0: actually. Unforgivable.
1: That's uh that's a long time. And, uh, you're right. Um, I, you know, I think it's, I'm okay with things shutting down and getting reimagined and improvements. And, you know, we want to see progression in the parks. Everybody wants to see it. You want to see it at resorts. You want to see it in the parks themselves. You want to see it on property. You want to see improvements being made. Um, but the timeline is, is certainly one that is of question. Um, but So, yeah, great, great point. Um, my second one, I'm going to go with... Um, my stewardship theme here. So steward of investment and growth in the property or the Walt Disney World Resort itself. I, and this is personal, Evan, this is not one I've heard from a lot of people. This is just from me. I'm looking for a resort announcement. Uh, and I'm kind of upset with how this is, has gone so far. I'm not uh, upset's a strong word, but you'll know what I mean. You know, we, We have these towers coming to the Polynesian, which is fine. You know, okay, that's fine. What it's going to have a great view of Magic Kingdom, so I think it's going to be a good thing. Now we had reflections, a lakeside lodge announced and construction started, and now it is
0: left. Yes, it it is. That falls into my category. It does
1: fall into your category. Yep. Yeah. It's terrible. Yep, it is halted indefinitely. And so we don't know if it's coming back. We don't know if they've scrapped it. We don't know if they're going to replace it with another one. But I think that more than just a an addition like Grand Floridian got or an addition like the poly is getting of this tower, um, we, we, we need a resort announcement. I mean, uh, you look, the Riviera serves its purpose. I think it's great. I think it's a beautiful property. I think it's, it's perfect to have that on the Skyliner. Um, and I think it's a nice resort. And if I'm not mistaken, um, I think the Riviera opened in 2019. Yeah, I think so. Close to that. 2019. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's been a few years now before we, it actually opened December 2019. Yeah. So it's been a few years since we've had a, a new full fledged resort open like this. And, um, I but think yeah, it's. They, time. they haven't
0: even. They haven't even opened up the ground for a new resort. So that's, that's the problem. Right. I think. And again, I don't even know. See, there's room. So it's not. It's not like a question of. Room. Of course, like,
1: yeah. There's. It's not like we're talking Disneyland use? here. We we, no. we have where a they, lot of property. Even
0: Disneyland has some room. They, if they they could find they find room. You know, what's funny is Disneyland. Yeah. They always say they don't have room. They always find it somehow. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's but, right. But there's there's, it's just a matter of what needs to be done why don't they just finish Reflections? It was going to be, a, it was a great idea. Yeah. It was a great location. It added to that area. It gave you another option in that area. Cause I know people, some of my people say, well, I'm in, if I'm on one of, you know, Fort wilderness or wilderness lodge, I'm kind of away from everybody. Well, Hey, guess what? Throw throw another resort over there. Now you have a little bit of a hustle yep. and bustle. That would be great. Um, yep. I agree. Get people over there. And it also kind of diverts some of the crowds. Yep. So, It's a smart move. Why don't we do it? Because the land is cleared already, right? The land was already cleared. So they just didn't do any construction. So why don't they start?
1: I don't see a reason why there should not be at least once a year. And look, this is lowly Evan mentioning this, but this is what I mean by stewardship of investment and growth. I don't see why we can't have some sort of major project announcement each year or if not every other year. I mean, I don't see, you don't have to have a resort every year. That's not what I mean, but just some sort of project of showing investment and growth in the property itself. And, you know, they do that by opening restaurants. And and look, I get all that, but I'm talking about major project with a timeline, you know, and I'm saying announce reflections, even if it takes two years, get it done, announce the next project get it done, announce the next project, you know, leave the guest, which I have this in another category, stewardship of our guests, but leave the guest wanting to continue to come back and looking forward to the future. You know, this is what, you know, you, Brian, as a Disney Vacation Club owner, you, you want to see reasons to keep coming back. And it's not that if Disney stayed and froze right now that you could finish out your Disney vacation club and still have memorable moments with your family for the rest of your contract. Of course you could, but that's not the point. The point is that you're seeing things coming down the pipeline that's keeping you excited and keeping you saying, yes, I made the right decision to invest in this uh, future of vacations for my family because Disney is investing in its property. And it's by (laughs) showing growth, To everyone, and and so I think we need after all that. I say I I really do just think a resort announcement would help. Uh, I think it's needed, and right now there's just really nothing on the table outside of building the towers at the poly.
0: You know, you know what's funny is that you said that is because this. It's uh, you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on this one because this will be part of some one of my other ones. But okay, so my next one it falls kind of in, in the in the the same area there. I'm I'm gonna say return values back to the customer us the people that want to come we return how do we return values whether whether you're annual pass or DVC or just a person who is neither of those they just a normal customer who comes to Disney what are the values there and some of the things that I'll, I'll give a great example dining plan why is it taking us so long for the dining plan to start I know there it's because a lot of restaurants are not fully open yet but why aren't they fully open yet Um why do we not have tables of Wonderland back? This gave us more options to eat. It it, it provided us reasons to oh,
1: spend you're eating money into
0: one of mine. <laughs> yeah, spend money there and and spend money like we want we want to sp- you know we'll spend that money. That's money well spent. Do I think you save a lot of money in that dining plan? We've talked about this. No, you don't. You no. don't really save. It's a convenience thing. You you know, basically break even. You, you know you might save a little bit, but you're break even. But it, what it does is it makes it really convenient. It's easy to plan. This, this is, like, like people care about planning a lot more than, than you realize. And that's why when people complain about, oh, I hate to reserve a park, you know, in a lot of ways, that helps with the planners. And a lot of the planners do that anyway. So I don't think it's as bad as a problem as people think, but that, you know, to each his own. But as far as the dining plan, Tables of Wonderland, those kind of things, you know, Disney gives us a percentage off on, on uh, souvenirs. And that's pretty cool that they do that. But we're still spending money on things, and I guarantee you, they're still making money off the deal. So it's not like they're really losing. You know, they're losing a good percentage, but it tells you how much how much the markup is because you Mm. know they're they're making some money off of that. Sure. But return those little things like that that value, make our time more convenient, make those kind of things, start returning those back to us because um, I want, you know, whether we're a DVC owner, whether annual pass, whether we're we're neither of those things. we're the consumers of the product. We're just yep. as important as as the stockholders, and sometimes the stockholders have more of a voice. And we'll, we we could talk about that more too. But I I want to say the take care of the consumers a little bit because you want us to come back. You you want us to be able to spend spend a couple come a couple times a year because I really tell I really feel that if tickets were more affordable and hotels were more affordable. People would come and they're still gonna spend a heck of a lot more money twice a year as opposed to once a year. And I don't think Disney's getting that right now.
1: No, that's a perfect one. I'm I'm actually gonna use one of my alternates because you I was gonna say steward of dining on property, which that's kind of sounds weird, but I mean, dining is huge at Walt Disney World. I mean, people come to Disney just to eat, and locals come just to eat at restaurants. So they have some of the best restaurants in the world. At Walt Disney World, and so I think the dining plan is a hundred percent one of the things that we need back. We've—I understand what it. Actually, I don't understand because I am again a, a little bitty consumer here in the the mega that is Disney. So I don't really understand behind the scenes how difficult it was to climb out of a pandemic. So. I give you that Disney a hundred percent because it has to be extremely difficult. It was difficult. And I would say that you probably managed it pretty well. However, um, things as things are coming back, we know that international cast members are now back at the world showcase. We know that other things are back. It's, it's time for the dining plan to return. Uh, it was this, it was a staple. We're not asking for, you know, something, you know, just trivial to return. This is a, I think a normal part of the, the process of a guest, you know, you book a resort, you book a park, you book a dining plan. And I think it's just, it was just something that should be there. And so I think that should be a allotment resource that is returned back to the guest. So yes, I agree with you, Brian, on that one. So I'll, um, I'll swap mine out with another one since you said,
0: and you did say like you said, Hey, some of the best, restaurants around in Walt Disney World I would say I'll counter that with saying Disneyland you know Napa Rose at Disneyland could probably go up there with you know face to face with any restaurant this side of uh Victoria and Albert's if not if not beat it because that's one of the few that 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 one shows up on the travel channel just by itself sometimes so sure these are great restaurants and people I know people in California who actually very similar they'll go to Napa Rose they'll go to storytellers they'll go to um some of the other things they'll just go for the day just to go to those restaurants because they like them so much. And that is one thing Disney knows that they have to know that they market them that way. Again, they're showing up on the travel channel. There was a, there was an episode of the travel channel. They were talking about restaurants in California and they brought up Napa Rose. It was nothing to do with Disney. They just brought it up. That to me is amazing. That, that shows something that people, there's a lot of foodies that go to Disney parks and take advantage of it. Do it. You know, bring it back to us because you get them there. They're going to go spend money doing other things.
1: Right. That's right. Yep. That's a good one. Okay. So I think I'm on number three now. Um, okay. I'm going to say for the stewardship of the guests of the Disney parks in 2023, please let's get the annual pass back. Uh, this is something that I think is another staple of an offering uh, almost every theme park that i can think of from six flags to universal to sea world to bush gardens to dollywood and the list continues offers annual passes to their guests i think it's at the point now um you know i, I hate to sound harsh cuz but i'm just going to say it you know all of these parks i just mentioned went through the pandemic as well and they've come out of it and now they're selling annual passes as as well so i don't i don't really know what the holdup is at this point i know that staffing is probably still an issue you know walt disney world is a is a massive property compared to some of those i just mentioned but i still don't see the the roadblock here i don't know if it was um, a hole in leadership which i may bring up uh in a minute as well but That's really all I can boil it down to is it was just, it was, it's a leadership decision that decided to not have brought that back yet. But, but we, we need that back. I think it's an important thing for the guest. I think for those that don't or can't buy into DVC, they want to buy into annual passes. Um, Even those that have DVC want annual passes too. But I think it's just, you know, it was just kind of, I hated that they introduced this brand new, Annual pass system, the Incredi Pass, the Pixie Pass, and all these kind of passes, and then nothing. And you know, they took it away. It was it was only available for a very short amount of time. And now you have a lot of guests, me included, who may be looking at getting an annual pass, but but can't. And so I think that's one that we need back.
0: I agree. I agree.
1: Okay, that's a good
0: one. That's a very good one. And we yep. we ha- you know it's it's a decision was made. We don't know how it was made or who made it. I don't know why. And again, I wish I wish they could actually, you know, explain to us why. Because maybe there's something we we didn't we're not. Yeah, I would love to this. know why. Yeah, I, but I don't really see the logic. Wouldn't. I don't see the logic. Again, it drives people to the parks. It drives people to come more often. It drives them to spend money. Yeah. Buy souvenirs. Buy all these things. Um, I I, I just think it's a great thing. I don't know why they haven't done it. Okay. My next one is um. It's. It's something that it definitely happens more in California and some of the other parks, but not as much in Walt Disney World. But I want to, I want, I want to bring more characters. I, I need, we need more characters around. We don't need more character meet and greets. We need more characters walking around. I think mm-hmm. one of the things that always made the Disney parks so cool and unique is out of the blue you'd see somebody walking around, and you'd, now, and and w- there's there's got to be a way to make that better because California it works. If you go to California, out of the blue, you'll see somebody walking by, and it works great. It's just it's an amazing thing. You know, you can have meet and greets for certain characters that are hard to get, but just to have – and also, what this does is it allows Disney to market some of the characters because it'll bring – especially with now you have um, the Star Wars universe, you have Marvel.
1: Pixar and all these. Get a picture.
0: Get them all out there. Market them a little bit. Market some of the more – Obscure characters market some of the old stuff, you know. Bring you know every once in a while you'll see the Robin Hood, you know, characters there. Right. Why not there more often? Because now kids will be like, "Who is that? That's Robin Hood. Let's watch that." It's another yeah. thing on Disney Plus that they could watch. Let's let us let us get some. Let's invigorate them to go back and watch some of these older movies. These these things needs to happen. I also feel on that same same venue, adding more characters to Batu, like you you go to Batu and. Some days you'll go there you don't see any characters walking around that yep. is unforgivable. There should be characters all over the place if not just people walking around that look like they're from outer space or, or in some spaceport walking around and going back mm-hmm. and forth doing things like that that's what we need there yep. to make it more to to be have that more more of that immersion and and again it doesn't you know i we've talked about this too on our show. hey, can we go back and get the traditional Star Wars characters there? Maybe I think it was um, Derek, our, one yeah, of our, Derek. our guests, he said, he said, you know, because I told him this is something that bothers me. And he goes, yeah, I thought about this too. Why don't we have different times of the day where different characters are there? It's so like in the morning, you have the traditional, in the afternoon, you have the second generations and maybe later on in the day, you have Bad Batch and all that. I think that would be great. That would make you want to go there two or three times a day. Um, they, they They're not thinking about these things. And there that's an easy expense. Getting a character is just hiring somebody to do a job. It's not you're not building anything, you're not putting you're not testing things, you're not worrying about any kind of safety factors. It's just a character. That adds so much value to a pe- a person's visit. Why not have more? There should be so many characters you don't know what to do with yourself. And that's a bit they've done that on yep. Star Wars weekends. They've done right. that in Disney Land parks. You sometimes you walk down Main Street and you there'll be characters all over the place. And then you go to other parts of the parks, and there'll just be characters randomly walking around. That's what we need. We, Walt Disney World. It's it, it's you have to go to meet and greets and wait in a line. Why not just mm-hmm. see characters? Yep. And I just think it, it would just add so much value. So that's my big thing. Use those characters. Use it in a positive way. Use it to market. Use it to get people to want to watch some of these old cartoons and old animations. Let's do that because it's there. And I want to see those. I want to see more of those.
1: Absolutely. That's a great, great thing. Uh, you know, we it's happening in Disneyland. That's one of the things that people talk about and they like so much about Disneyland. I don't see why it can't happen here at, at Walt Disney World. I, I agree. So that's that's a good one. So my next one is is Disney being a good stewardship of entertainment in the parks. And this is definitely one that you, when you opened up the show uh, with your comments, Brian, you talked about how we have the, you know, at least maybe it's our pinky finger on the pulse of what some Disney fans are saying here. And that is the talk about um, Disney Enchantment, the fireworks show at Magic Kingdom. So we did hear, Josh tomorrow announced at d23 that happily ever after the song is coming back to be in a fireworks show of some type at magic kingdom i'm hoping that happens in 2023 i understand that harmonious is also going away so the barges are, are going to be going away and i'm thinking epcot forever will be coming back for just a little while It's is kind of what i'm hearing Wait, now how about illuminations too no 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 illuminations too illuminations 2.0? Yeah, that's
0: what I want, but okay.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, you know, Epcot forever may just be for a, a time because I think that's when they can do kind of easily they just have the jet skis, that's really all they're having to do and not have to, you know, build anything or do anything like the barges. But either way, being a a stewardship, a good steward of entertainment would be to let's get that Magic Kingdom fireworks show changed out that uh, has just not really had I don't hate it. especially with the addition of Walt's voice and the little intro they have there, it's made it better, but it's no happily ever after at all. And I think guests have spoken, and that's why they're changing it. Um, I I would say that if guests really loved something like this, they would have kept it. Same with Harmonious, although I thoroughly enjoy Harmonious. I think it is an excellent show. Most guests don't like the the barges out in the uh, World Showcase Lagoon during the middle of the day. And I'm that's raising what my, my hand
0: on that because yeah, yeah, it, it, it looks like oil rigs. I've said it before. It looks terrible. It right. is it is awful for an aesthetic park that's right. made to be beautiful. And then you throw a bunch of hunks of metal in the middle of it and you throw some screens on it to make it look better. It doesn't look better, Disney. Okay, I'm sorry.
1: Right. No, I mean, you're right. And that's what most people are saying. So, you know, put all that into a pot and stir it up and cook it at 350 and, and serve new entertainment um, after it's done. So... That's what I think needs to happen. I'm hoping that that changeover happens in 2023. You know, I think, I'm, I don't know what happened. I don't know if they only always planned to have Enchantment of Harmonious last for the 50th, or they made the change after the outspokenness of these two shows didn't go over as planned, that, oh, hey, these two shows are only going to last for the 50th. So either way, we know that the 50th anniversary celebration ends this coming March, After March, we're going to see a lot of that, especially the merch and stuff like that being retracted. We know that the 100th is coming up uh, for Disney in general. So it's time. I think 2023 would be great to let's go ahead and get those nighttime shows changed out. And I think we'd have um, some happier guests about that for sure. So that's what I mean about entertainment. Could, Could entertainment around the parks use... Some reimagining in some other places, yeah, probably so. And uh, I'm looking at you. What you? Oh gosh, It's escaping my. What's the show? Animal Kingdom with the balloons, the hot air balloons. The name of it's escaping my mind. But I'm looking at you. Uh, that's one that that you know could really use some re reimagining.
0: <laughs> and don't bring back the kite show.
1: Right. Yes, kite <laughs> tails. Yeah, don't bring back that one. Yeah. So.
0: Okay. Anyways, well,
1: yeah, that that was one
0: very good one. Okay, so I'm going to say the next one's another interesting one too because let let's listen to the customers, listen to the places. So, you know, many years ago they made a decision to take away the Pleasure Island. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that a lot of locals would come in, cause trouble. It, it it actually made Disney have to invest in a more of a security force at night, which which was probably not what they want to do, and it's probably not a great atmosphere for a for a family oriented place but so now there's a lack of there's a lack of things that adults can do after like 11 o'clock There really there aren't that many things there's only a handful of things around and i noticed that last trip that um you know hey we want to watch a, we want to watch a baseball game and guess what at a certain time if the baseball game had gone gone in like another inning or two later we wouldn't have been able to watch it because all the places would have closed and, and there's got to be some more there's got there's gotta they have to understand that there's some people, especially people from other countries or other parts of the United States that they're in a different time zone. they're used to staying up a little bit later so we need to be able to have, have some things opened a little bit. Now am I saying let's go crazy again? No I'm not I'm saying let's do it. So like for example the Adventures Club, why not bring the Adventures Club back? That was a Disney oriented club it wasn't crazy it was never crazy it was never out of hand because it was just calm but it was really cool and it had imagineering involved in it those kind of things that we need we right now what do we what do we have jelly rolls mm-hmm. that's i don't know what else is open um kimonos closes at a certain there's not many things that that stay open past midnight now do you have to have a lot of places no you don't but what you don't want to do is have people leave Disney property to go into town and go to places if they want to, because then you don't know what's going to happen. Then they have to worry about getting a ride home. I'd say, keep that, keep those people around, let them, give them access to do that. And, and let's do that. We get nothing crazy. We don't ever want to get to the point where it's, it's, it's a problem, but there's gotta be something there. So I'm saying bring back the Adventurers club. That's a big one to me. And I would say that work with Disneyland to Disneyland, too. They need something like that because they're really there's what Trader Sam's, mm-hmm. um, there's uh, it and uh, Jelly Rolls and and the dance hall, which is open like once a week or twice a week. There's not much to do late at night after because Disney Springs actually closes earlier than you think. So, I think that would be a cool thing to do just to get more choices for people so they do not have to leave the property.
1: I totally agree. I mean, um, I think there's definitely a balance there. Like you said, you know, you don't want to turn into like a nightclub environment, but I think you do need some more entertainment for the night. And, you know, nothing really changes about Disney Springs at night, except I feel, I do feel the the clientele becomes a little different. And I don't mean that in any sort of bad way at all. I just think more adults come out at night and the, you know, the youngsters call it a vibe. The scene kind of changes a little bit, right? At, at, night. at night. night. At, yes. At night. Oh gosh. <laughs> so it's kind of changes. Song. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of changes at Disney Springs at night, right? It's just a little more older crowd. Um, there's more drinking. There's just, there's more of that stuff. So it, and I think really honestly, Brian, it's because there's a lack of anywhere else to go. Uh, you can go to the boardwalk. You can go to Atlantic Dance Hall, you can go to Jelly Rolls, but other than that, you have to go to Disney Springs, and I think that's why it changes a little bit at night. And I think that if there was a section for adults to go, you know, maybe a couple other locations and other spots, it would maybe improve that feeling a little bit, but yeah, you're right. So someone who enjoys those kinds of things, I think there should be an outlet for that. So yeah, I'm with you on that. So my last one. So as a reminder, I talked about stewardship, right? So stewardship of investment and growth of our guests, of entertainment and of the parks. And my last one is leadership. So being a good steward of your leadership of your company and organization and how it's planning, I think that I would like to see. I don't know if we're going to see this, but I would love to see a CEO announcement by the end of 2023. We know for a fact that, you know, of course, Bob Chapek is out and Iger is back just until 2024. And I think an announcement, I'm not saying, you know, in two weeks in January, you know, whether we need this. But sometime by the end of 2023, it would be nice to maybe know who this is and know that Bob Iger is bringing them on as his mentor um you know to kind of get how guests may react to this because whoever he announces is going to have the same scrutiny that Chepek had because you know we have to remember that Igra did pick Chepek that that is um that was his choice to quote unquote be groomed for this role and it and it definitely did not work out but this next person that he picks is going to you know be is going to succumb to that same sort of you know testing from the the fans or the the guests in general of, of disney just kind of see and study the background and stuff so it would be good i just don't want to be blindsided and so i think that an announcement by at least the end of 2023 would be nice and, and that's just i think a hopeful thing on my part but it, it would be nice to see yeah,
0: and you know something and the, and the old saying always goes that everybody loves the backup quarterback and this is this is an interesting thing because the person that comes in is going to get some leeway. They're going to get it they're going to be given a chance. No one's going to come in and start screaming at them right away because they're so they were so sick of Chapek. So they're going to give this person a chance, but if they don't take advantage of that chance, then there's going to be a problem. So right. they're going to have they're going to have a limited time to actually spend make some good decisions, start on a right path, and if they do that, they're going to get people on board because yep. People people want this person. They're 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 so happy to get somebody in place, and that's where I'm thinking that that maybe Iger, hopefully Iger can pick the right person and make sure that they're groomed properly this time. And just under, to understand that decisions you make and how you a- approach this very unique populace of consumers, meaning you have the DVCs, you have the APs, you have the locals, you have. The, the cast members, right? The cast members of Disney are a very unique group compared to any other amusement park clientele mm-hmm. ever, that, because they they are all fans also, and and you have to make sure that they're taken care of too. Very very important. And so he's got to understand that whole mix. Um, he or she, whoever's going to be, they have to understand that mix and to make sure that they make those right decisions. And when they make the decisions they, they do it for the right reasons. Yeah. That's really important.
1: I agree with that. Um Absolutely. So that was, that was really my five. That's what I would like to see in 2023. Well, so next, you have a, next you one another one right okay.
0: into line with that. My, my next one it's coming in. It's it's actually it's so funny. And we did not, we did not plan this out guys, but my, my list has, has been pretty coinciding with, Evans in a little way, in in a way that it segues perfectly into it. So here you go. My next one is stop being influenced by the wrong audience. I think this Mm. is a big, big, big problem that I have with all of Disney in the last couple of years is um, somebody complains about something and they make a decision without thinking it through, you know, Hey, you know, we don't, we don't want talking Mickey because, we don't know what to tell our children that Mickey talks. Well, Mickey talks in the cartoons. What, what are you talking about? What is that? That was an amazing piece of technology that we are not allowed to experience anymore. Things like that. These The audience comes in and somebody complains about something. So Disney decides, I better make a decision now without really going back to the rest of their consumers. Like when we're talking about the space. You have the, D. there's, I'm really thinking, you know, the coolest thing would be, there would be like a, a panel and have, we have a representative for DVC, a representative for annual pass holders, a representative from cast members, and they all sit along a table like the, like the Avengers or something. they sit there and they, (laughs) or, 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 or or like United Nations, right? And they sit there and they talk about, and then the Disney, the Disney um, leadership will come up and say, Hey guys, so guess what? We're thinking of doing this. Who is it going to impact? And then DVC might raise their hand and say, no, that won't impact us. But AP might say, yeah, this is going to impact us. And, and so that we, they think about these decisions a lot more before they do them. And I think that they make decisions sometimes based on stockholders, mm-hmm. whose stockholders are sometimes they don't even go to the parks. They're just people who have the stock. You can't do that. And I want, I want them to make smart decisions and not rash ones, and, and I think making rash decisions, has, what is what actually hurt Jepack and and the people that work for Jepack because they quickly made decisions without thinking them through. They, you know, whether they whether they the whole issue with DeSantis, I don't that that has nothing to do with it. But it, guess what? Did they think that through before they did something? Why did they get involved? I don't know, but they did. Okay, they decided to make it, but it, everybody wasn't on board. So, you know, hey, the dining plan, we're going to stop it for a while. We're going to stop annual passes. Did they think those things through? We're going to stop building reflections. What was the reason why? Maybe at the time it was bad, but did they think, it? you know, what's the cost of not doing it? And I think that's the thing. In in technology, one of the things we always do is whenever we're deciding to either stop a project or not build something, we think of what's the cost of not doing it because if you don't do it what happens and, and how does it impact you
1: we and do I the same here, thing yeah we yeah, call so, it we call it the cost of doing nothing
0: okay yeah and that's great because it's
1: the, it's the same I, I don't thing. think
0: they do this sometimes i don't think they realize that a lot of us watch this we scrutinize we're, we're just podcasts you know well how many businesses right. have have you know 800 podcasts that talk about all the decisions they make, right. they they have to understand. That, again, there should be a podcast seat on that table. That you know, there's this United Nations of 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 uh, Disney Disney advocates in them that I want that I want that I want to uh, actually have them built. But
1: yeah, right. that would
0: be a great thing. But there should be somebody there who who talks about that because it impacts a lot of what we do. Now, yeah, hey, we, we you know if they stop if they ever stop making stupid decisions we maybe we don't have as much to talk about but it does it does make good good banter for us but we don't always want to do that folks i don't think we always care i would rather talk about nice things all the time i don't want to always talk about you know what things annoy me but some of these things do and i just think that the decisions that they make have to be smarter they have they have to really think them through before they do that they you know i, I mean again did they really need to rip up epcot I don't know what was, did anybody ever complain that that middle, that section of Epcot was ugly? I don't, I never did. I always thought those fountains were great. Now it took up a lot of space, Mm -hmm. but was it worth, is that something you wanted to spend all the money and and effort on as opposed to doing other things, you know, and, and building it, building another, um, building another land inside of Epcot, maybe, you know, adding another land, doing something or fixing Norway. Norway is still sitting there. No one's done anything with Norway. Um, all those things, what decision, who's making those decisions, what's, you know, I'd love to know who votes on these things and have, you know, you know, sometimes that's another thing too. you know, pe- you, people vote on something, whether, whether it's, it's a sports thing or, or, or in politics, usually you get a, you get a tally afterwards of who voted for what. I would like to know who voted for these stupid things. Some of these things that make no sense. Like, why would you have done that? You know why did you why did you do these these certain things, and that would be something I'd love to know. Let people be responsible for the decisions. So yeah, I'm going to go back again. Make smart decisions and not rash ones. Don't be influenced by the wrong audience. Make sure there's you're you're actually looking at the right people, or the right group, or the right population when you make these decisions. Because recently, it's been. Sometimes they make decisions, and I'm like, "What are they thinking?" And that's what we have to try to to get them to change their mind about. Now, maybe that was Chapek because he was totally motivated by the dollar, but it maybe it wasn't just him. Maybe it was people under him. So I don't want to point it all at him, but you know, it seems really truly that they were motivated motivated by the dollar. And guess what? I heard that. Last quarter could have been one of the best quarters they've ever had, right? Did you? Did you? I don't know if you saw. Yeah, uh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, it was, it was actually very. It was extremely profitable for them. Besides Disney Plus, Disney Plus was it was a little bit of lacking there. But it's not that they're they're not they're not crying prov- poverty right now. They're not. They're, hey, the pandemic crushed them, and I I will tell you that I know for a fact it did. But guess what? They're coming back, and they're coming back pretty pretty strong. So now it's time to make some good decisions. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> well, that was I my last thing. That was my last yeah. resolution.
1: And it's it's good to, you know, get this stuff off our chests. I mean, we we, have, we you know, people have to understand something is that you know, I we we take time out of our personal lives to do this podcast because we're passionate about uh really I'm I'm with me, this is Evan speaking. I am I'm less passionate about the company and more passionate about the experience and the family memories that that we have when we go. And Brian, I know you feel this way. Yes. You know the, the the when we go and what we experience when we're there and and the things. That's why the parks matter so much to me, more personally than the the company itself. But you know one definitely influences the other, you know, you can't have this experience and quote unquote magic at the parks without having a strong company backing that experience. And, you know, i just I thought of a couple of things as you were talking. One is what I hope is not happening is what a lot of guests feel is happening. And that is that, you know, executives are around this, this fake, you know, table of <laughs> this Disney United nations table <laughs> that you created. And, uh, You know, they they just they're kicking their feet back, they're propping their feet up on the the table and they're leaning back in their chairs and they're saying, We don't need annual passes. We don't need the dining plan, we don't need this stuff because ladies and gentlemen, we're raking in the dough um, why do we need to get this stuff back? We're, we're making money here. It's, it's flying in the doors. You know, uh, you know, I was standing at the animal kingdom gate the other day and I just saw people just coming in left and right. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that's not what is happening because if it is, you know, shame on you, because I guarantee you that if Walt Disney was sitting next to you, that is not the vision that he would be having. Of course, Walt wanted to make money. It would, Disney's, a, we're, we're, it's not the Salvation Army. They're here to make money. They want to make a profit. And everyone understands that. But it's the vision. It's the investment. It's the stewardship of the resources that matters for a lot of people. Like you're saying, Brian, what other company has 800 podcasts that talks about it? And it's because I think a lot of us care about the experience of of what we we do when we're there. It's 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 more than just, you know, rides in a on some land. It's it's more than that. But we need to make sure that it stays that for the future of all guests that can experience that same thing. And, you know, I know this sounded, you know, maybe some of this episode sounded a little harsh or critical or whatever. But, you know, the second thing I thought about is that we are not pessimist, but we are also not optimists all the time. I think we're realist. And I think... People enjoy and we have been told from people that they enjoy our podcast because we are realist, because we speak uh, freely and, you know, about what needs to be talked about. It's not all sunshines and daisies sometimes, but it's also not let's hate on Disney every oh, day right. because it's no horrible hate. so
0: it's not hate it's not right. it. there's no hate we have a love for Disney like I believe it absolutely now. I I defend my love of Disney all the time in all aspects So people make fun of me sometimes like I oh you like, like, like Disney too much and I do it's but part of my life it's 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 helped my family it's it's helped my family get together and be part of you know That's our, right. my family experiences that I've had in Disney World Disneyland all these different things have I'll never be able to replace that and I and I always value that and I and I owe that to to the Disney ownership and the Disney leadership uh, and the Imagineers and everybody like that I do and I do and I there's no hesitation for me to talk about that but I also see these other things and it's I just can't sit back you know believe me if I saw these things going on in business I would say something if I if you know me in my personal life I always hope I will tell you you know I'll call a spade a spade and I will say those
1: things yeah yeah
0: when I see these things um I'm it's good to call them out and in a lot of ways, if I was part of that, you know, group, if I was part of that, that, you know, the the Disney United Nations, but, but you you, you know what I'm talking about is like it's it's like yeah. you're talking about giving everybody an equal say in what what the decisions are, not making decisions only based on money. Not always, it's not always money because a lot of the other decisions they make will eventually result in money anyway, right? It will annual passes. Oh, hey, you know what? what it is it's it's float money that they have right and they can take that money and do whatever they want with it while it's going on um yes they're not getting um revenue day by day but what they're doing is allowing people to go back to the parks and spend money and buy food and buy souvenirs and the annual pass holders are very loyal spenders they go back and they buy lots of souvenirs we know that they buy these $50 popcorn buckets, which I don't understand why people want so many of them, but they do. And what do you do with, you, you know, you know. I always laugh when people say, like, I have like 20 popcorn boxes, buckets. So you have like about $1,000 in popcorn. <laughs> buckets. What are you going to do with that? Do you sit around and eat that much popcorn at your house? So those kind of things. But they do. Evan, they do. They spend the money. They buy, they buy shirts. They buy, oh, I got this year's new annual pass holder shirt. Okay, you did. You spent all that money. Why do you do it? Because you've given them a sense of ownership. DVC. I go and buy DVC shirts and DVC coats all the time, Evan. I do. I spent my bought a DVC raincoat last time. I loved it. I love it. But it it was way more expensive than a raincoat of the of it's like if it didn't have DVC on the label. Um, Sure. I bought it because it's DVC and it's my sense of ownership. That's what they have by this. They're giving people that, but. You don't want to turn them the other way around. And that's what I worry about sometimes. But I but I but my love for Disney is not going to change. That's that's why this is I don't want anybody to think it's a negative thing. We're just helping we're giving loving, constructive criticism. That's probably the best way to look at it.
1: Look, I think here's the best way to end this this show, and I think this is the best way to end our podcast for 2022. You know, this this episode will be the last episode for 2022. And then we look forward to uh, 2023 and Brian, maybe the next few episodes we'll talk about the future of the podcast for 2023 and what, are some things we'd like to see and that may be a good episode to talk about as well. But in looking at the parks and stuff and and, and we look at Disney and in 2023, and and we know we listed a lot of things we'd like to see in 2023, but at the end of the day, you know, as, as Walt would say, it all started with the mouse, but Disney has to remember That some random guy in New Jersey and some random guy in Georgia and all of these people around the whole nation that feel the way we do about the experiences our family have that are memorable at the parks. I mean, you know, Brian, we could sit down and talk for hours about all of the memories. And and of course, you've been going a lot longer than I have just (laughs) because you've been, you have a DVC member longer than I have. Your family's, you know, just been there more than we have and just on the scene more, right? And even though how long we've been going there, still could just talk for hours about the memories that we cherish of just Emily and I, and now Emily and I and Ezra and bringing him for the very first time. And gosh, we could just talk for so long. So, you know, all we're asking is that Disney not lose sight of that of about the family, the family that goes to the parks, what the family wants to see, what the family's interested in seeing, and what. What the guest who is invested in the future of the the future of not even the future of Disney, the future of the experience, which by default would would insinuate that there is a strong company backing that experience. So that's what we want to see in 2023 you know, and beyond. So I think that's a great way to leave it is that you, you're right. We love for Disney of the experience. But we are realists and we do call spades spades, but we we do so in a loving way. And we we want to see success for the company. We want to see success for our podcast. But we also want to see Disney stick with the family unit and the experiences that family has and being a good stewardship of their resources. So closing thoughts. I think that's a good way to end it for 2020. And
0: one thing. Yeah. One thing we do want to announce that. Starting on January first this, this podcast will now be called A Spoonful of Peppa Pig Land as we decide to change it. No. I am kidding everybody. We are I'm kidding. We are not doing that. This is uh <laughs> oh, That would be great. I, that's why I want to make let you guys know we had to add some levity to this because it, it you know, we do all this in love. We do. We, we really do. Just understand that.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So um Spoonies you, you know where you can find us? You can find us on instagram on twitter you can find us mostly in the facebook group which is a spoonful of podcast spoony nation please don't forget to rate and review the show on apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you listen you can also email us info at a spoonful of com. and above all else you know as you know we are being kind of sentimental here but you know just brian thank you for what you've done you know, for the show this year. And, and I know it's, it's been great. Uh, it's been a great year. Uh, you know, we started this about 120 episodes ago, if you count episode zero and uh, look where we've come and where we've gone and where we're going to be going in 2023. It's so a just... great
0: it's been a great journey, Evan. And I, and I appreciate all you, all you've done. And, and this is, this is a lot of fun. This adds, it's, it adds fun to my week. It's something I look forward to every week. And believe it or not, I never thought I would, and I and I really do. I look forward to it, and I and I love that we can keep doing this, and I love that people care about what we say. And that's, that's another thing too, is that it always shocks me. And people come back and they say, oh, <laughs> yeah. "I really like you." Do okay, that's so
1: yeah. cool. <laughs> all right, well, hey, we'll, we'll keep and going. We then. love you, Spoonies.
0: We love all of you. We love, we really do. And I, if you ever that's see right. us, please stop and you know meet us, and and we'll we'll you know we'll we'll definitely you know we'll buy you a buy you a little whip or something. I don't know, but come yep. come see us
1: absolutely so as always broadcasting from the backside of water until next time we'll see you then take care everybody
0: thank you for listening to a spoonful of podcast you can find show notes ways to follow us on social media and all episodes on a spoonful of
1: podcast.com now that you've experienced the magic it's time for the most dangerous part of our podcast The Return to Civilization.